So, David. Yes, John. Do you know the the version of Hello Skinny? Let me start here. Let me turn this volume down on the phone. So, the version of Hello Skinny that I have uh, on cassette is one that I recorded off WXYC uh, radio. Okay. Probably when we requested it sometime. So, my version actually has a skip in the record. Oh. At one point. So anytime I listen to it now, at that one point, I hear that skip. Do you want to hear how it went? Can you sing it? Yeah. So it starts out. And we don't, we don't have to do this, but I need to start out. this. To do do you want to start at the beginning of the song? I can do the yeah. bass line. It's like, okay, Ooh. go ahead. Born in a bathtub, and he grew so incredibly thin that even the end of an eyedropper sucked him in. Skinny never knew any questioning, Skinny never looked at lights, but Skinny every single night. That little tongue click that I did was the. That was the, the skip. Rec- was the record skip? So it doesn't skinny, get stuck. You just skip something. No, it just went. But skinny every single night, and in reality, it's but skinny sold, sold something, something every single, single night. night. And then at the end of the song, they go, "Hello, Holly, hello." Hi, everybody. Enough of that conversation. Let's move on to something new. Let's introduce the podcast you're listening to. It's called Election Profit Makers. My name's David, and John is on the line. And I just had the pleasure of seeing John take a huge swig from his brand new metal what, John? Uh, water bottle. Yeah. How's it feel? You've joined the Hydration Nation. Look at that <laughs> huge water bottle. What happened? I don't know. I was just sick of drinking out of this plastic one all the time. So, yeah, I've got a huge one. But I am a responsible water bottle owner. How many car doors have you damaged so far none. with your water bottle? None. None. In none? fact, in fact, it doesn't really fit in my uh, cup holder in the car. So when I drive around, it's either in my lap or it's mm. rolling around. So I, again, as a responsible water container owner, just like if you were to own a gun, mm-hmm. you don't have a gun in between your lap. You put the gun in the glove box or in the trunk of the car. And that's what I do with my water bottle. I put it in the trunk. You can't be serious right now. I am dead serious. What happens if you need to get a drink of water and you're at a red light or just like making a turn and you're getting dehydrated and you need to just like snatch some water right quick? You have to pull over to the side of the road, pop your trunk, get out of your car on the shoulder of the road with trucks zooming by at 70 miles an hour on I-40. Reach into your trunk Mm -hmm. and pull out the water bottle like you're in a damn Scorsese movie where a bunch of gangsters are about to throw somebody in a marsh somewhere. That's what you do? Yes. Now, if I do not have passengers in the backseat, I can put it in the backseat. It'll be fine. Although if I have an accident, that will become a projectile and probably be what kills me. It would be very ironic and very sad if you wound up being killed by the thing you hated the most until it seduced you, namely a huge clanking metal water bottle. 
Yes. Uh, but you know what they say, stranger things have happened. <laughs> like Ron DeSantis' presidential announcement on Twitter, John. We recorded last week, right? We recorded hours before Elon Musk was going to host Ron DeSantis on Twitter spaces to announce that Ron DeSantis was running for president. And guess what happened? They did it. They really did it. And they and the announcement got everybody talking. Now, I learned last week that Twitter spaces doesn't have video. It's just like a conference call that you would have on your telephone in 1987. And lo and behold, they used this technology for an incendiary presidential announcement. Ron DeSantis now is on everyone's mind and on everyone's lips. John, give me the highlights of what happened during that announcement. I mean, basically, the Twitter spaces crashed over and over and over. They had to uh, keep switching from who was hosting, whether it was Elon hosting or Elon's little venture capital friend, David Sachs, that guy, I think he was hosting at one point. Um, But you know, in the end, when I think back to it, really the worst part of the announcement wasn't all of the technical stuff. Once they finally got going, it just sort of turned into an infomercial for Twitter. Oh, you know, it was Elon Musk saying, you know, we're just we really appreciate that you're here for Twitter and Twitter is, you know, the community space. And it's really important that people come here. And then David Sachs came on and said, you know, we've got 300,000 listeners, the most in the history of the universe on any streaming platform, which isn't true at all. But it just became them basically using DeSantis to, you know, push their agenda about how cool Twitter was. And in the end. Twitter looked really bad and DeSantis looked bad because you just, you know, it takes uh, bad judgment to to think that that was going to go well. Remember when I said that Elon Musk probably wanted Twitter to now be, to become like a required stop on the presidential campaign trail? Yeah, you were right. Yep, because he tweeted. Here's an Elon Musk tweet from the I think it was the next day. Lots of noise about Ron DeSantis announcing and discussing his presidential bid on this platform. But what, but you, but, oh, I see there's a typo here. But you, what isn't noise? I guess just the record skipped and it should say, mm-hmm. but you know what isn't noise? Setting an all-time record for fundraising. And then he links to a CBS News Miami tweet that says DeSantis raised $8.2 million in 24 hours after launching his campaign on Twitter. And then Elon Musk says, it's worth considering for announcements in general. He's definitely pitching Twitter as like a must, a must stop place. Right. Well, that's not ne- never going to happen again for any. any I mean, <laughs> you people, don't think people, they did a good job making it a must stop. Yeah, must I don't, stop I don't on think. The campaign and uh, you know, Platformer News actually came out with this story the next day that, lo and behold, the reason why they had issues was because before Elon had taken over uh, Twitter, there were 100 engineers working specifically on Spaces and. There are only three engineers working on spaces now, and they hadn't done any stress testing ahead of this. Uh, so it didn't. Yeah, it didn't John, work. All I have to say is, how is Elon Musk going to lead us into space if he can't lead us into spaces? That's a good point. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. I mean, that really made you think. You paused yeah. just then. I could see. Yeah. Yeah. How is Elon Musk going to lead us into space? This guy can't even lead us into spaces. I have to I have to enunciate it so yeah. you know I'm talking about spaces, the Twitter thing. Yeah. How is Elon Musk going to lead us into Mars's space when he can't even lead us into Twitter's spaces? I'll say it like that next time. That's better. 
Yeah. Next time I'm approached by a talent agent, that's exactly how I'll say it. <laughs> okay. How is it? They'll say, hi, I work for uh, William Morris Endeavor and I love your style and I would love to I would love to represent you as you become the hugest person in show business. Do you have any thoughts about current events? I'll say, hmm, something that's been rattling around in mine old noggin. How is Elon Musk going to lead us into Mars's space if he can't even lead us into Twitter spaces? I think that Ron DeSantis is not finished. I think that was a terrible uh, introduction, but so was Donald Trump's, you know, going down the golden escalator and all that stuff. And I, I don't think uh, DeSantis is, you know, favorite by any means. And I, I think I've, I'm trying to stress that. But I think this idea that there's no chance that DeSantis is going to win, there is a chance that DeSantis is going to win because the other guy on the other side is Donald Trump and he could end up going to jail or getting indicted or who knows what he could do. On predicted Donald Trump trading at 58 cents, Ron DeSantis only 25 cents below him at 33. And I think the actual spread in the polling is closer to 30 points than 25. Say those predicted numbers again for me. Sure. I'll say those predicted numbers again for you. Donald Trump, 58 cents. Ron DeSantis, 33 cents. That's a difference of 25 cents. I think that's fairly priced, though. You do? I mean, it's basically saying that that Trump has more than a 50 percent chance of, of winning. And, of being the nominee. Uh, this is not yeah. the general election market. Yeah. This is the GOP nominee market. Yeah. And 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 the DeSantis is slightly less so. But if you listen to the pundits, mm-hmm. it uh it, it seems like he has no chance. Let me see. I saw one poll here. Florida Republican primary poll. It's got DeSantis at 38 and Trump at 38. So you would hope that you would win your own state, although I guess Trump is from Florida too. Yes, Trump Trump makes his home and hides his documents in Florida. In the predicted market for who will win the 2024 US presidential election, Joe Biden's leading at 44, Trump is behind at 32, and then DeSantis in this market is only 7 cents below Trump at 25 cents. Tim Scott, alas, nowhere to be seen in this market, but that might only be because this market was established and locked before Tim Scott entered the race. Although Tim Scott is in the GOP 2024 presidential nomination market, he's in third place at seven cents. Mike Pence surging up one penny to four cents. Nikki Haley bringing up the lead at three cents, trailing Glenn Youngkin by a single penny. Hmm. Where is Asa Hutchinson on this market, John? I'm glad you asked. He's way, way down in, oh, oh, he's not even in the market. (laughs) Freaking Donald Trump Jr. is in this market. Josh Hawley. The man who wears a Pringles can as a bicycle helmet is in That's the market. That's not nice. I can say that because I have a narrow head. Hey, so do I, man. We both we both got little pinheads, like like Hello Skinny. It's kind of Hello Skinny is kind of about you. Yeah, you were very used to be very skinny. Yeah, and even the end of an eyedropper sucked you in. Remember that? Yeah. That's true. I am still sort of skinny. I'm skinny fat now, which is the worst. Johnny kind was of born in a bathtub and grew so incredibly thin. You think they're supposed to sound like Bob Dylan when they're singing that? The kind of drawl that he has? Even and the even end of the night drama. Were they from Louisiana? No, they were from San Francisco, remember? 
Well, a listener found us. Jeffrey, remember? Okay. Yeah, remember last yeah, week yeah, when yeah, we yeah. I watched all that stuff, but then okay. I read. But then I read that. I they, just want to announce they, to everyone who's not on the Discord that when we were talking about whether the residents in Huey Lewis and the News and the Grateful Dead ever hung out together, they did. Someone found a Starship video. Starship, Jeff, formerly Jefferson Airplane, Bay Area band. They shot a video, and the residents are in the Starship video. So those people all knew each other. It was all one big happy family. It was all part of the scene, the Bay Area scene. Yeah. Now, what were you going to say? I read that uh, they originally started off in Louisiana, and it could be that that's that they were all from San Francisco originally, and they were in Louisiana for a while, and that's when they decided that they were going to become a band. I don't know, but it was on their way from Louisiana to the Bay Area. Huh? That the idea for the residents formed. Okay. So you've been doing some research, and I think one of them died recently. I think that's true. Within the last 10 years, I think one of the founding residents passed away. Yeah. That's right. So we don't really know for certain who the residents are. That sounds like an Amazon Prime show starring the guy from The Office. Jim, what's his name? John Krasinski. It's like um, where they, what's the name of that? Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. What's his name? Tom Clancy. John Krasinski is Jack Ryan in Tom Clancy's. (laughs) Residents code code orange. They have to figure That's out right. who um. They have to figure out who the real residents are. Yeah. Does that so make the, res- the residents. Krasins- do you think John Krasinski has ever seen the residents? I can't tell. Something about that guy doesn't add up for me. It surprises me that anybody knows anything about the residents because I just thought that was our thing. The residents were really really famous. Yeah. Yeah. You know. The residents were like – they were in People magazine as I discussed last week. Everyone yeah, knew about the residents. That blows my mind. That so the means cr- that some of the most famous people in America who were probably leafing through People magazine to see if they were going to be mentioned saw a picture of the residents, four men in tuxedos with huge eyeballs mm-hmm. and were like, huh, that's kind of interesting. And then they called their manager. Uh Joey, hi. Yeah, this is uh, Burt Lancaster. I just saw the most extraordinary photo in the latest issue of People magazine. I'd love to have a sit down with these residence people and see if we could work on a project together. And they were like, we can't, we don't know who they are, but we can put you no, in touch with, with they the- are. They're anonymous. There's no way to get in touch with yeah, them. Yeah, we can put you in touch with the Cryptic Corporation and uh, oh, some of the shit. officers- Oh, getting into the crypt- You were going of, hard. Of, yeah. Of the, the Cryptic Corporation, which now that I think about it, the officers- the board of the cryptic corporation that that was the residence oh you think <laughs> yeah well in eighth grade i didn't i didn't understand that you thought it was like a huge corporation <laughs> i don't know all right we're getting too deep into the weeds okay. the, the number of people who can relate to whether or not the cryptic corporation was a front for the residences well it was yeah uh, this is Burt Lancaster again. Would you mind trying to get a beat on this fellow's snake finger and see if he uh, <laughs> yeah, has a connection yeah. with these residence fellows? I'm really desperate to work with them. Yeah. Yes, I know this is my fourth call about the topic in the space of 20 minutes, but I think these are just the fellows who can recharge my career. Sincerely, Burt Lancaster. I'm leaving you a phone letter. Goodbye. Oh, God. All right. What were hey. we talking about? We were talking about Ron DeSantis. Oh, this fucker. This piece of shit introduction. There was one point where I heard a clip of it. There was like all this silence and then there was like an echo and then it was feedback. Yeah. Yeah. It really just sounded like um, yeah, like experimental music at one point. And I was like, are they (laughs) trying to do like some kind of like art project? Is this the new residence? Yeah. Because I was listening to it. I was like, is this a presidential announcement or the latest Morton Subotnick record? What? 
<laughs> Silver apples of the moon, anyone? All right. Let's stop the episode. No. Keep going? Yep. We've got more. Oh. Okay. What else do we have to talk about? So you think Ron DeSantis is you, – you don't want to count old Ronnie out. No, I don't think – he did raise a decent amount of money. He's going to have some money. Trump is a wild card. And if something happens to Trump, I, I just think he's the default. He's going to be there. Yeah, but he really does suck. He does suck. And I don't think I mean, he'll his, win. His if, personality if, and his voice. If I he listen, becomes I the nominee, he will not beat Biden. Right. I do not believe. And did they talk about – they? T- remember when we were talking about if there had been a word market for the oh, Twitter yeah. announcement? Yeah, all of them. They did uh, – they mentioned woke stuff, right? Like nonstop. He's oh, really yeah. into that woke stuff. Yeah. So that woke stuff – and you know, we make jokes about it. But that woke stuff polls really high with uh, the Republican base. So that woke online crap that right. uh, he's pushing – isn't really it's not going to work in a general election but that is uh that is a real concern like one of the, the woke biggest mind virus co- yeah the woke mind protecting virus our is, children from the woke mind virus yeah that is a major concern am- among republicans we must inspect the genitals of our student athletes in order to protect them from the woke mind virus yes hmm very very interesting you know what else is interesting uh what the debt ceiling. Mm, I'm going to take a hard pass on that, Johnny. Yeah, me too. Can we? That's kind of who cares. Have you been following? I mean, no. It sounds like the deal is not as bad as it could have been, but not as good as it would have been if Biden had just said, "Fuck you, no negotiations. See you in hell. Bring the right. country to its knees. I'll spin it my way." Right. That's my take on it. Yeah, I think that's a good take. Yeah. So they did 136 billion in cuts. Two years of spending caps, additional work requirements for food stamps, and like some very, very minor cuts to the IRS. I don't understand the GOP anti-IRS thing. I have to say, I don't get it. I don't see how they spin it as a populist position. Why? I understand everyone hates paying taxes and hates the IRS. There it is. That's it. Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's like you could do the same thing with like dentists. Like we're going to cut dentists because no one likes going to the dentist. So let's let's defund the dentist. It's like, yeah, but like isn't it kind of important? I don't know. What am I talking about? I just want to talk about the residents. That's fine. All right. Um, it's a man's world. Were the residents men? Yeah, I think it was four dudes. Pretty sure it was four dudes. Sometimes when they were dressed up and you were sort of looking at them and you were like, mm, I don't know, this this guy, this this resident looks like it, it could be a woman. Oh, um, maybe. Just by the shape or you're not sure. But as I have been reading, you know, when the residents sent over themselves to be in that Jefferson Starship thing, it wasn't them. It was just a bunch of Ralph Records uh, executives. So Grace Slick called up the residents and said, we're making a video. It's going to be on MTV. We want you to be a part of it to support the Bay Area scene. The residents showed up in their tuxedos and eyeballs, but it wasn't actually the band members. It was just some randos who worked in their office. Right. Got it. That's a great thing to do Do if you're anonymous. You can just do that all the time. Well, it's like what, uh, you know, there are all those rumors that the late rapper MF Doom used to go out. He, you know, if he didn't feel like performing, he would send someone else out in his mask because he, he performed with the metal Dr. Doom mask. I didn't know those rumors. Do you think that show, The Masked Singer, is a kind of homage to MF Doom and the Residents? 
Yes. Think about it, right? Yeah. Without the residents, there would be no The Masked Singer. So really, it all comes back to the residents. It all comes back to Hello Skinny. 1978. That's unbelievable to me that that song is from 1978. I was six years old. I wish I'd been introduced to that when I was six. My parents could sing it to me as a lullaby. Although when you're six, are you still getting lullabies? I can't think. I, w- I would want that one. Really? Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? I got burned. You got burned and I got punched. We actually had some crazy... Um, yeah, some yeah. yeah, I got violent. burned by a toaster this Oof. morning and uh, that's really Sorry. crazy. No, mine is not crazy. Yours is crazy. Uh, this month, May 2023, I'm over it. Is this the last this is the last episode of May 2023 and that's good. I'm ready for this month to be over. That's right. So why don't you tell everyone what happened to you? Well, you know, after a very stressful month of um my dad dying and dealing with a bunch of uh death related stuff, um I was on Saturday, I was looking forward to my friend's birthday party and I was going to go to this birthday party and have a great time and it was a lovely afternoon, so I decided to walk and then I got got punched in the head by a homeless guy. Like he really just truly clocked me. And um, thank goodness he did not knock my Satchel's pizza hat off my head. I was wearing my Satchel's pizza hat. My first Mm. thought immediately was like, oh, this is a, this is a targeted assassination attempt by one of Satchel's pizza enemies down in Gainesville. This is one of their, one of his foot soldiers. But no, it was like um, walking down the sidewalk on Santa Monica Boulevard. And there was a guy stumbling around and scowling. And, you know, you always just kind of like clock, clock these folks as you're making your way, deciding whether to cross the street or not. And he was getting closer and closer and he made eye contact with me. And I was listening to music on my little headphones or my little ear pods. And then all of a sudden I, with stunning clarity, time slowed to a crawl. And I said, in my mind, I was like, this man is going to punch me in the head. And sure enough, he punched the shit out of me in my ear. And, um, I didn't have the presence of mind to then choke him to death and become a right-wing hero and have all my bills paid forever by GoFundMes. I didn't think to do that. Instead, he stumbled away and I just yelled. I said, no, don't do that. So he learned his lesson. He'll think twice before he does that again. I true, think that a, was a, a good bummer. thing to yell. It hurt, well, my, ear, what, what, hurt my ear. My ear hurt for the whole birthday party. The whole time I was at the birthday party, my ear hurt. Who wants that? You're really lucky. What if the guy had clocked you right in the face? I mean, a sucker, but yeah. it was essentially a sucker punch. And that it was is, a su- it was a sucker punch. That is so dangerous. Like if an eight year old sucker punches you, they could probably knock you out. You just, you have no idea it's coming. I can't believe this guy did this because you're not a small guy. I can't believe he was like, I'm going to punch this dude. But I wasn't looking especially tough because in addition to my satchel's hat, I also had a huge LL Bean tote bag and a pink button down shirt. Hmm. Maybe I just triggered him with my vibes. I was looking extremely preppy. And also he was mentally ill. Like he's not, thinking, right. you know, he's probably just doing what the voice in his head says to do. Right. You know, it's not like a rational decision about whether to start a brawl with somebody. Oh God. Would you recognize him? Are you ever going to walk by there again? You know, when I was taking a car home that night and we went by the that, that block, which is pretty near my apartment, I was looking around like, oh, if he's there, oh, I would give him such a talking to. I would give him such a talking to. I would go into Aaron Sorkin mode and give him a speech that was so compelling and so poetic, he would turn his life around in spite of his mental illness. But alas, I didn't see him again. But maybe I'll see him again. I don't know. I was kind of spooked for the rest of the day. I didn't walk home that night. Usually I, usually I have no issues walking around alone at night because I am a big guy and I'm super tough. 
I'm like the ultimate badass. Yeah, you know karate. But I think I'll be spooked for a while. The other thing I couldn't believe is I literally I literally made an entire episode of television called How to Get Punched. And in the moment of getting punched, I forgot everything I learned on that TV episode about like going with the punch or moving out of the way. It was just like time froze. And I said, I'm about to get punched. He's punching me. And then it was like, I'm getting punched. And then it was like, wow, I was just punched. And then I then it was damage assessment. Am I bleeding from my ear? Do I feel dizzy? Is he is he walking away? Is he going to come back? All that kind of stuff. So anyway. And he never pursued you. You you really want to break contact and and run away. No, he just kept. I mean, this dude, I mean, to his credit, he was passing me. He was walking past me, swung, connected and kept on walking. Yeah. Maybe he's the ultimate badass. Yeah. I I can't really promote his behavior because I think it's unhealthy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he was pretty cool about it. And I kept walking. Like, what was I going to do? I don't know. I There's a mental really health crisis in Los Angeles sorry. and in many places in the in the in America. A housing crisis coupled with a mental health crisis that means some of your favorite podcast hosts are going to get punched in the ear. So pray pray on that, everyone, and we'll be right back. <laughs> hey, welcome back. All right, back. and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Twin Cities, Minnesota listeners, remember this Saturday, June third, I will be at the Lake of the Isles Pencil. L-O-T-I Pencil, overseeing the second annual sharpening of this public sculpture, 2217 Lake of the Isles Parkway East, Minneapolis. And it's coming up this Saturday. So if you live around there, you should come. Or if you have friends who live around there, you should come. 1 to 3 p.m. And if you live in Brooklyn this weekend, if you can't make it to Minneapolis to support me, you can support EPM listeners who run Chris Masters Dance Company at BAM, Brooklyn Academy of Music, from June 2nd through the 4th, the world premiere of their new dance piece, Mausoleum, which is influenced by Thomas Piketty. Incredible stuff. A lot to do this weekend, guys. A lot to do this weekend. Succession is done. There's no more succession to watch. So what are you gonna, how are you going to fill your time? You can fill your time with the finest in live entertainment and cultural programming. Succession, the Roy families. Waystar, Roy, Royco Waystar, Gojo. A lot of cool names on that show. What was the Gojo, last one? Roy Star, Gojo? Royco, Roy Star, Wake, no, Wake, <clears throat> Waystar Royco. Gojo. So were you surprised? Huh? Were you surprised by the finale? No. Okay. I don't think it's a spoiler to say it wasn't really surprising. Okay. No spoilers. No spoilers. We'll give everybody two more seconds to watch it. Two, one, and now I'm going to spoil it. They all pooped their pants. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding that didn't happen it did happen in an earlier episode one of them did shit the bed i remember that, that was, really? i've never seen something like that on tv before hbo mm-hmm. always pushes the boundaries and then on white lotus do you ever see this show called white lotus nope they showed somebody make a bm in a suitcase and they really showed it i had never seen something like that on tv before it really it really is um there must really watch is much tv to, it's it's the woke mind virus people think that's okay you know that's I hope Ron DeSantis I hope Ron DeSantis campaigns aggressively against White Lotus. That would be very very interesting. I mean, he's already taken on Disney, right? He's getting his ass kicked by Disney. He should just go for it and take on fucking HBO Warner Discovery, whatever it is now. Max.com used to be called HBO Max. Now it's called Max. That's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, I've I've heard some people mention that. Yeah, Max. Yeah, Max. I wish my name was Max. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like holding my breath until this month ends. 
Yeah, June is going to be great. June's going to be the best. I can't wait for June. It's going to be one of the top months we've ever had this century. Okay. Yeah, I said it. Well, so the high in Minneapolis on Saturday is 89, but there's a 50% chance of uh, thunderstorms. Oh, that could be dramatic. I know. I'd be into that. I can channel the spirit of the thunderstorm. Yeah. John, there used to be a character in the X-Men called Storm, and she could channel the weather and she could make thunderstorms and tornadoes using her mind. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. How how could anyone ever beat her? That's got to be the most powerful superpower to control the weather. Yeah. She should have been invincible. All Psylocke, all, there was this guy named Cyclops. All he could do is shoot a laser out of his eye. Like, who gives a shit? A li- little laser beam? little A little laser beam versus like a tornado or like a typhoon? They're not even equals. That's the weird thing about superhero team-ups. Sometimes one of the characters is just so obviously like such a D-lister compared to some of the other ones. Like, right. like in the Avengers, one of them, it, his powers, he can shoot a bow and arrow. Like, I can shoot a bow and arrow. Why is this guy even in, you know what I mean? He's like, good, though. He's, he's oh, is he? Got, yeah. I, he but he's good. just a human who shoots a bow and arrow, right? I don't know. What's I don't his watch name? Hawkeye. His, I okay. And then meanwhile, you have someone like, like, um, or like the Hulk, like the Hulk isn't magic. He's just a big brute, right? He's just a big right. angry brute. Yeah. Let's just say what he is. Strong. But he can't he can't fly, right? I don't know. No. It's, you know, like sometimes you see these superheroes and you're like, one of these things is not like the other. Compared to Storm, she's got to be one of the most powerful superheroes ever. Controlling the weather, making a storm in her mind. Yeah. Why is she fucking around with Wolverine? All that guy can do is like stab people. He has like claws that come out of his hands. Like who gives a shit? That's like holding a knife. That's nothing. That's all he can do? Yeah. He had stab. these – um. They have these um, – I remember I used to read the comic and when when the, when the blades would come out, it would say snicked. That was the sound they made. It was like S-N-K-K-T, snicked. Does he get injured when the blade comes out? No, it's like um, – I think he had a special surgical procedure or something. I don't, I don't know. Also, if he got hurt, he could heal really quickly. He had like really a lot of vitamins in his body or something. Uh, <laughs> all right. His superpower was he ate a lot of vitamins. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Like, let's really, like, weed out these weak-ass superheroes and just have the best superheroes and have them be the ultimate team, right? Yeah, Take anybody who can the fly. Avengers, the best of the X-Men, the best of the New Mutants. Shout out to the New Mutants, because I remember when that came out as a teenager, it was like, finally, superheroes for the rest of us, because they were, like, moody teenagers. Hmm. But they couldn't do shit either. I think one of them could, like, make a wall out of ice. Like, what? They really had to, They really had to like, brainstorm some of these superhero abilities, you know? Where does um, Superman rank? Well, you know, Superman is such a tough case because in a way he feels like the original superhero. But really, uh, what he can do is he can fly and he's really strong. And if like he can lift up a car. That's pretty good. That's good, I guess. But you can't beat up the weather. There's just something about yeah, being able to control the weather. Like A nuclear ICBM coming in, he can fly, catch up to it, send it into outer space, and a hurricane can't stop an ICBM. Yeah, it could. It could divert it, I bet. I bet it could. No, it, it could If it was strong enough, I bet it could. Uh, okay. A category million? Superman diverts the, diverts the ICBM and then comes home and then he tweets, just another day at the office. Remember we were talking about whether Superman would, be, would tweet? I do. And then someone in the Discord was like, Superman wouldn't tweet, but Clark Kent would tweet. But I was thinking, you know, Clark Kent, that's who Superman really is. Yeah. He's a journalist at the Daily mm-hmm. Planet, Clark Kent. 
Clark Kent's tweets would probably be so anodyne because I'm sure the Daily Planet would have like a super restrictive Twitter policy about how right. their reporters could use social media. You know how all the New York Times writers aren't allowed to like criticize their fellow columnists or their fellow journalists online like that's such a taboo and like journalists always rally for other journalists online like if you criticize like maggie haberman yeah a hundred people will show up and say maggie haberman is doing the best work of you shouldn't clark kent would have to be like that he wouldn't have any like he wouldn't be an edgelord on twitter you know that that makes sense to me so superman i would give a uh, six out of ten in terms of his powers and then thor isn't thor literally a god is he like he's is he omnipotent? I don't Thor, know. The one with know. the hammer? Well, you know he has a hammer that can fly in a circle? No. Actually, that's what Captain America can do with this. Sh- hmm. We're really getting into it right now. Let me think about this for a second. Yeah, Thor and Captain America, they're kind of the same superhero because Captain America has a shield and he can throw it and he'll chop your head off and it'll come back to him like a boomerang. Like I think that's his power. He has Who's a made of rocks? Shield. What? Isn't there some guy that's made out of a rock? Rocks. Yeah, that's the best one. He's called The Thing, and he's the Fantastic Four, and he's just a huge pile of orange rocks. Okay, like, yeah. What is that? I like it's that. Like... I like rocks. That's my favorite. Can't you so easily imagine? I feel like um, this is like an example of one of those things that as soon as I mention this to you, you're going to be convinced it actually existed. I'm going to spin it as if it actually happened. Hey, John, do you remember in like 1986, 1987, there was this crazy thing where like Marvel Comics did like a mini promo comic where the X-Men teamed up with the residents to (laughs) defeat Magneto. And so you had like Nightcrawler, Storm, Professor X, and then you had these four weirdos with tuxedos and eyeballs and they helped them like – they did something with their synthesizers to like create like a sound wave yeah. that defeated Magneto. Do you remember that comic? I do remember that. Yeah, I, and it I, was sponsored by Kool-Aid because the Kool-Aid guy at one point smashed through the wall and was like, oh, yeah, hello, skinny. <laughs> John, let's take another break. All right. All right, John, let's do some listener questions. What do you say about that? Rhiannon writes in, my dear friend Adam and I are big EPM fans in London, the UK. Mm. Adam is turning 30 this week. On the 1st of June, and I'd love it if you could wish him a happy birthday from the election profit makers on air. We can't do that. We're not prostitutes. Okay. We don't do people's bidding just because they write us letters. We've both been listening for years, and the podcast brought a lot of humor and compassion during some particularly dark years. We are reluctantly gearing up for the 2024 election and hope we'll have you to guide us. John. Would love to hear your thoughts on the London skyline. I am not a fan. Lots of love and fish weirs. Rihanna. Oh, okay. She triggered the 100% discount code. Happy birthday, Adam. We wish you all the best. Yes, happy birthday, Adam. In the coming years of your life. Yeah, the London skyline. You know, the European skylines, they're not great. I I think the shard is fine. I don't like the London eye. that's, That's all I really say. That's their Ferris wheel, right? Yeah. I like the fact that it's on the Thames and it kind of like meanders. It's a real meandering skyline. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, and I kind of admire that. But yeah, I'm not really into the London Eye. Okay. Well, that was pretty great. John, last week, my former uh, collaborator, Christopher, wrote in because he had procured a first edition of the legendary gay pulp novel, Stud. And then when he looked it up after bringing it home from the thrift store where he bought it for like $8, he saw a listing on Alibris.com for $2,000. 
And now we're trying to we're trying to find someone who's willing to pay that type of money to own this collectible volume of 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 gay erotic history. But we got a we got a what it was this a Discord message? We're just yeah. Gonna read it Christine yeah. on Discord says uh, regarding the rare book prices stud. I am a rare book curator. And though David is right that small markets for niche material tend to fetch higher prices, especially queer lit, which is very hot in the special collections archives world, I think that Chris might have better luck getting a buyer if he offers it at the five to $750 range, depending on its condition. I consulted two more or less trusted rare book sites, A Books and Biblio Books, and found first editions in good condition in this price range. I did not see any listed in the two thousand any listed for two thousand. I also checked Rare Book Hub, which compiles auction data to see if a copy had sold recently for that much, and didn't see anything in the two K realm. That said, I was very surprised to only see one copy of it in WorldCat, which is a union catalog that searches across libraries. So it's an incredible find. Chris might consider reaching out to the Lilly Library or the Kinsey Institute, which both collect queer fiction erotica. Interesting. Christine is saying, Chris, you have to probably bring that price down if you're going to generate some interest. Christopher, we wish you good luck selling your selling your first edition of Stud. Have we reached the end? Jesus. Maybe so. What a weird episode. Oh, yeah. This was a weird one, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This can just be a nice, quick, short episode for the end of this awful yeah. month. How about that? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Every episode doesn't have to be a 10 out of 10. No, This one, this one can be like a 2 out of 10, right? I think it's better. Election Profit Makers. It's an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Well, folks, that's about all there is to it. It's really that simple. We'll talk to you soon. Ron DeSantis 2024. Mm, okay. Yeah. See you okay. next week. All right. Bye.